Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. COVID-19 continues to affect our small bubble of the world, the movie and TV world, of course. Um, but this time around, there are positives as well as negatives. Well, let's start with that then and just get it all out of the way. Christopher Nolan's Tenant film has pushed its release date by two weeks. It will now no. release on <laughs> July 31st. We were worried because we've been saying all along, if Tenet moves, it's pushing Wonder Woman 1984 out of the way. It's not doing that exactly, although Wonder Woman is moving. But what I did read, though, with Tenet moving two weeks, it's going to be, I think that was it, the 10-year anniversary of Inception or thereabouts. Yeah, they're putting Inception out instead. Um, so, so that's that out two weeks earlier. So two weeks, yeah. So that's yeah. going to be back on the big screen. Well, that's kind of okay, isn't it? And two I can weeks do with that. Yeah. isn't the end of the world. Because I was thinking, like, if Tenant moves, that's it. Because it just seems though Hollywood is, everything's riding on Tenant being the next big blockbuster, the first one to be back on the big screen. We're getting <laughs> other movies like. Yeah, um, yeah. Russell Crowe in Unhinged and other smaller movies, but this is the big one. Christopher Nolan's new film. Oh, 100%. Gonna set things right. But it's really I think, I think I think it has affect. It, it did affect Wonder Woman, though. Not directly, but very much indirectly. Um, oh, no, it's de- it definitely has. I, yeah. I guess like they want a bigger window of Tenant just being there. Um, I know Mulan's obviously coming out a couple of weeks after, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, they, they got Wonder Woman out of that August 14th spot, which would have been two weeks later after this 31st of yep. July, if your calendar math is correct. So, yeah, to October, which is fine, all good. It's not November. I know, but, uh, but it, it was didn't. ready. The film was locked and ready November last year. <laughs> and it was yeah. director Patty Jenkins that wanted to release it US summertime and didn't want to put it out in November. And here we are. It may still be November, but at the moment, <laughs> I should say, it's going to be October 2nd. Nah, I think, so we'll I think, we'll, and see. think we'll be back to it. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. It's moved from November 2020 into summer 2021, taking the date that The Matrix 4 had as that film moves into 2022. So you remember the whole thing of John Wick 4, Matrix 4, same release date, 2020? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're getting moved all over the shop. Remember what I said a few, you know, a few weeks ago. I was like, I'm just gonna sit back and just wait until everything's all locked back in. Because we'll not let you. Things are just gonna, <laughs> things are just gonna continue to change. We'll so keep talking about it. Don't use permanent marker on your calendar. <laughs> Bad idea. Some good news though. The release date for the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, has been brought forward five days. It will now come out on November twentieth. Yep. Cool. For now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much for now. Uh, that's all right. All good. The positive. Um, more good news, I suppose, for the fans. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion is due to resume filming in the UK in the first full week of July. I'm assuming is there a is there a public holiday or a bank holiday as they call it over there? Is that why they say first full week? I've just realised. What are they? Since I did this prep. Did, am I right in thinking it got shut down again or something happened? It was something to do with sanitizer or what to make sure that it's extra safe. No, it, well, it did not. It's only been shut down the one time in general as, as everything else has. Right, okay. Um, I'm they thinking... are spending an extra $5 million hey, okay. or something on safety precautions, sanitizer, all that kind of okay. shit. Okay. So, you know, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I've literally just done. I've mixed up Jurassic World Dominion with The Brave and the Beautiful. Or The bro- no, the Bold and the Beautiful. That's what it's called, isn't it? You know, US long-running soap. That sure, yeah. started back production. That was the first primetime or TV, US TV show to come back on the air or at least work towards that. Okay. They opened and shut. Oh, and that's no good. The Bold and the Beautiful mixed up. And not only that, I called oh. it The Brave and the Beautiful. Anyway, that's the thing. 
So are no, you thinking of like Batman like, Brave and the Bold? I yeah, I got it all mixed up. So I'm I know where you're Jurassic from. World, Brave and the Bold. And uh, yeah, anyway, you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> but Jurassic World Dominion, yeah. So they're going to be going ahead and continuing to shoot that movie, which is good news. Um, yeah, that's right. You've already said, yes, yeah, so five million safety protocols, um, COVID test, hand sanitizers, Universal are really going all out because they need this movie to be a success. Oh, this is the thing. Mate, mate, spared no expense. Spared no expense. Spared but I'm no just thinking, you know, Trolls World Tour, it got released online. Still, I believe, only in the US. We haven't had it here in Australia. But there was this big thing, like AMC, Cineworld in the UK was saying that, right, hang on, we're not going to be showing Universal movies anymore, like Fast and Furious, Jurassic World, all these films. But now they're having release dates for cinemas reopening in the UK. I think it's like mid-July. And there's talks of them showing Trolls World Tour. So I'm assuming they may oh, someone's Universal. Someone's, someone's apologised. You'd think, you know, wouldn't you? Things. Yeah, no, no, no. Like that'd be fine. That'd be fine. And a lot of the, um, a lot of uh, let's call it the public sort of communications that they were having were obviously unprofessional, and things were said, and someone was in charge of doing that, and you know, on both sides. And yeah, no, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty, but I'm sure behind closed doors they've all sorted it. <laughs> They'd have to. Sort I mean, come on. Like, I mean, yeah, you, no. you can't not show Universal films because it benefits both the studio oh, and the cinema chain. Synergy, mate. It's, 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 they need each other. That's why the whole thing was ridiculous in the first place. But whatever. More bad news. Uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, 2020 has been cancelled due to COVID-19, um, but they are saying that it will return August uh, 18 to 21 in 2022. Because because they do this every two years, isn't it? Yeah, so they're just they're skipping. So instead uh, skipping, of... Yeah. Yeah, instead of just pushing it to next year, they've decided, let's just skip this one and just come back in two years' time. And they can keep the schedule. Um, big news from the Academy. The Oscars have been moved back two months to April 25th. Eligibility extended through February. I mean, what could they do? There'd been no films. <laughs> what, who are they awarding? Like, A bloodshot wins best picture. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's going to be films like that. I mean, Invisible Man, no, I mean, that's a good one to have in there, but there's not no, many. Potentially. It makes sense for them to do this. Interestingly, though, like yeah, by doing this, they are obviously also affecting next year's window as well. I'm assuming the following year's Oscars will have, this, have the normal cutoff date, which will mean that both years will have, well, at least next year will have a, a, a shorter window. Either way... Yeah, I mean, they're, if movies are nominated what, and they win, they, they're, they're nominated doing, and they win. They're doing what they can. I mean, you know, what a lot of the uh, yeah, a lot of the Oscar bait movies pretty much don't come out until you know the end of the year anyway. So I'm assuming most of their schedules probably wouldn't have been affected, and we would have had a lot of movies like you know special effects awards, editing stuff like that. Yeah, mid year, all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't have even thought the Oscars would have been that that badly affected. Um, DC Fandom. Is it Fandom? It is Fandom. Yeah. Fandom. That sounds silly. The Batman, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, Black Adam, Wonder Woman, 1984, and uh, more are coming to DC Fandom on August 22nd. Uh, So DC Comics is launching a free 24-hour digital convention to celebrate fans and share new details from the DC multiverse. I mean, I suppose we don't have Comic-Con. No, so they're putting putting it all online and, you know, they've got Dwayne Johnson involved, James Gunn, Suicide Squad. So they're sparing no expense with this. Like, they're throwing everything they have at it. And, you know, you're scoffing at fandom. Of course, it's DC fandom. <laughs> but what they're essentially doing is they're building a virtual convention. So if you look um, at what they put online, you can actually see a virtual layout. And you do have, like, a big dome and then smaller domes. And it's like, this is for the kids, this is for the movies and TV and games. And they're breaking it all down. But they really are going all out to give fans a immersive experience. 
Um, sounds pretty cool. I'll um, I would just this is worldwide, right? Like that there. It is. It's yeah. I mean, it's anyone online. with a stable internet connection can. Yeah. Not me, of course, but anyone with a stable <laughs> internet connection can. can anyone can in. check it out and. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not as if they've not got things to plug. I mean, you mentioned there, like we've got the Batman, Snyder's Justice League, Black Adam, Wonder Woman, the Suicide Squad. It's all there, and they're going to be talking about it. They're getting DC TV involved. It's going to be a big event, and yeah, you've got an internet connection. There it is. Don't travel I mean, anywhere. You said it there, plugging. It's like it's all advertising for them. So they win, the fans win because we have something to entertain us, and that's it. So all right, that should be. Pretty exciting. So we ended the COVID-19 section on a high note. That's good. Okay. That's well, going, going forward, I think yes. more positive stuff and maybe only a few delays. <laughs> With that out of the way, we'll move on to trailer talk. And boy, do we have a trailer. Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, yes. This is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. It's it's pretty bonkers. Um, yeah, it, it it feels real now. And do you know what? It's I'm not that excited from this trailer. I get what they're doing. I I kind I like the premise. I like the idea. Of the story. Yeah. No, but yeah. What they're saying is like, oh, you know, they've got to go into the, you know, they they're older now, and it's like the whole the original movie was about them, you know, writing that song that brings together the world. You know, their their whole place in the universe. And I guess now we're, we're almost catching up to that time. And it's like, well, where, where's that song? So they, they're like, well, we've got to write it. Let's go into the future and steal it from ourselves in lazy Bill and Ted um, logic. Which is fine. Which is all, I, I like that. However, I don't know. It's, are they just too old to be acting the way they act? I know it's the characters. How do you feel? I don't know. I just felt, I felt irky watching it. Something about it didn't feel right. I'm into it. I, I am. I do. I do like these characters. I like the actors. Um, you just have to wait and see. But it's it's Definitely, a movie yeah. that I never thought would get made. Like, and for them to to come back as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward is, to is it. it. Too oh, late? Is it too late? I don't think so. No, I I don't think so. I think if one of them was no longer with us, yeah, it's too late. Missed opportunity. There's only Bill or Ted left, but they're both. Do here. You know what we? You know what we need? Keanu Reeves' beard. He does look different. I mean, I mean, yeah. I love the guy. He's fantastic, but he looks very different. Well, it's and a case of like. Time, yeah. All this time, I was like, Keanu Reeves is not aging, but suddenly you take his beard away, and it's, it's like, the oh yeah, he is. Yeah, which is fine and natural. You could, you could stand Ted next to John Wick. And not think they were the same person or the same actor. Completely, they look completely different. different, different enough. You know, talking. Um, this is the last thing I'll say about the changing <laughs> of schedules. But with Wonder Woman moving, it means that Bill and Ted will move up one week. It's now coming out August fourteenth. So that's some good news. Well. How exciting! How we get exciting. it a week <laughs> earlier. But I think I think it looks fun. It it does, and. Um, yeah, and it's just a yeah. team there at this stage. We know they've got daughters in this, so we'll just um, have to wait and see. Um, interestingly, we got more of a, I'd say more of a clip than a trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's Gal Gadot. We see her as Wonder Woman or as Diana Prince, and we get a little glimpse of Darkseid for the first time. Like we knew Darkseid was going to be the big bad in Snyder's Justice League, and this just further cements that. It's a cool I clip. Mean, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's quick, it's short, it's not much to it, but I mean, there is so much to it because it, it, you know, it establishes the fact that, holy shit, there, there definitely is a whole other movie <laughs> I thought you were going to say was to be told <laughs> I thought you were going to say there definitely is a Snyder Cut because yeah I still need <laughs> to see it okay. to believe it <laughs> now yeah there's a there's a deleted scene uh that's the Snyder Cut so um, outside of this clip though uh Snyder did say something online that upset me he was talking about the Robin costume from Batman v Superman Donor Justice we've all assumed in the past that it's Jason Todd. We know him to be the Robin from the comics that does die yeah, at some point. Yeah. 
what Snyder's come out and confirmed, it's actually Dick Grayson, Robin, that is dead. Arsehole. Not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to be... In his defense, though, like if that's the case, which I mean, he's the man, so you gotta go with it. I mean, he'd know. I imagine, it, I imagine this Batman of this universe, he, if you start bringing in, you know, multiple Robins and the extended Bat family, it gets it gets convoluted and it does get oh, big. I think to keep, yeah. I mean, it works. It works in the comics and the animated series and movies and stuff like that. Um, but I think in this universe, yeah, like if if Bruce Wayne has, you know, had so many of his fellow bat family characters are out there and you know there's still a robin he's still dick grayson still running around but i think the fact that he brought someone else in just one person and that person he lost bigger impact you so know what that does that works for me. make sense but he's also said that his plans were to introduce carrie kelly as the new robin and she was robin from the dark knight returns so it was still planning on bringing in another Robin, but I get what you're saying. It's less complicated if it's not yeah. all. That's obviously the second Robin that was killed. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, so you lost one, but you know, like Dick Grayson still, still upset me. Still upset me. Probably a Batwoman, you know, or Batman. But if you want, then. if you want to see Dick Grayson Robin, watch Titans, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> in Way defense of Snyder. Um, Another trailer I want to talk about. This is on a TV trailer, Doom Patrol Season 2. Now, I know you haven't seen Season 1, so you haven't watched this trailer. And what I really want to speak to is, one, I loved that first season. I did a a review for Sounds Like Comics. Um, But some of the more interesting characters that are going to get introduced in Season 2... Because the first season is pretty bonkers. And again, I'm not looking to spoil it for you or anyone else that's not seen it, but let me just run through some of the characters that we are going to get, some new bad guys in season two. We've got the Candlemaker, Red Jack, and the Sex Men. Now, I know you're more of a Marvel guy guy (laughs) than a DC guy, but have you heard of any of those villains before? I... Yeah, no. <laughs> Let me quickly just run through. The Candle Maker is a powerful psychic entity powered by humanity's collective fear of the apocalypse. Now, often, well, for the most part, Doom Patrol is bonkers, whether it's the comic or the TV series, um, but they do have some pretty high-concept characters. And we've also got Red Jack. This villain claims to be the creator of the universe after which he punished himself by banishing himself to another dimension and only returning every 100 years. He also claims to be Jack the Ripper. So we've got him. Well, let's get to the sex men. The name yeah, I mean, obviously, clearly, we're all holding out. Clearly the a play on the X-Men. Now, the year that Doom Patrol were created, first publishing comics, was the same year as the X-Men, only Doom Patrol came first. Most people think Doom Patrol are a ripoff of X-Men. Not the case. These characters, though, they're not necessarily villains. They're actually a government-sponsored team who specialise in supernatural sexual situations. Hey, it's Doom Patrol. (laughs) I mean, it's the tone of the show. Honestly, I had so much fun watching that first season to the point where I want to talk about it on the podcast. And I went back and read most of Grant Morrison's run um, from the 80s because it's just brilliant. But there we go. Doom Patrol, I know you'll get to it one day, so I don't want to spoil what happens in that first season. Uh, But let's say it's an early recommend, although it's not my official recommend for the end of the podcast. Well, does does the second season trailer look good? It does. It looks looks great. (laughs) Now, there is is a continuation of... The finale, which I didn't want to talk about, but it does. Like you know, the this is a DC show, but not to be confused with the DC shows on the CW. Like this is aimed at a more mature audience, and it's got fantastic effects, and it doesn't have that CW budget. You know, they do a lot with what they have on the CW, um, but this show very much is is its own thing. It's got more of a polish, and yeah, it does. It looks good. 
Um, okay, so let's get on to movie news. All right. Um, there's a new direct-to-video um, Elseworlds animated adventure in the DC realm, uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon. Um, it's rumoured to be coming our way next year and said to feature Bronze Tiger, Lady Shiva and Richard Dragon. What's that for a name? Richard Dragon. A character that appeared in Arrow. This, um, yeah, so often when a DC animated movie is rumoured, it's true. They're usually true. <laughs> so I thought, well, uh, we'll, um, we'll talk about it. Come from something, so. This is going to be a story of Batman early in his career where he's training in different forms of combat. Um, but the interesting thing to note about this is the heavy involvement of Bruce Tim, And he may even be directing this movie. So that's got me. Whenever you're going to put Bruce Tim anywhere near the DC universe, especially Batman, I'm there. Sounds pretty cool. That's good. Ah, okay. Um, Lionel Richie, have you heard of him? I have heard of Lionel yes, Richie. Yes, Lionel Richie. I've got to confess. <laughs> I'm a fan. I've seen him live. It's fantastic. But anyway, the story, the story, there's going to be, and this is Disney, an original movie musical based on the catalogue of Lana Ritchie. Now, whether this is going to be a film featuring his music like Last Christmas was to George Michael, or if this is going to be about Lana Ritchie, I don't know. But either way... What about... Maybe like Mamma Mia, you know, full of episodes. Or maybe like that, yeah, where it's... it's yeah. yeah. Maybe they take the plot point from... But I guess that's like Last Christmas, right? They kind of take the plot points of that one song, Last um, Christmas. <laughs> not really, uh, but they do play... You get. Have you seen Last Christmas? Nah, but the wife spoiled. I watched it twist. last night. It's on Prime. <laughs> I guessed it. There's something that happens. I won't spoil it well, here. But I guess if you know the song, it. if you know the song, it makes sense. Why is a Christmas song? Who listens to the words? You just, you just get merry. Anyway, I think. <laughs> okay. Why, why top, are you watching a Christmas the, movie in June? What's... No, because this is the thing. I debated with my wife last night before watching just it. Why is it actually a Christmas movie about Christmas? But it wasn't released on DVD and Blu-ray at Christmas. Prime have just released it as a new movie. And after watching it, it's not a festive movie. You've got the girl, um, played by Amelia Clark, the woman, should I say, <laughs> and she works in a Christmas shop that is open all year round. So that's where oh, you get the heavy well. feel of Christmas. So it's not necessarily, it's not a Christmas <laughs> film. Hey, I'm here to talk about All Night Long, which is the name of the Marlon <laughs> Ritchie film. We butchered that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Lionel interesting. Disney, though, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I am hey, interested. Disney doing something different. Cool. <laughs> oh, but your wife though, she spoiled last Christmas for you. Not cool. Well, well, not. Well, I mean, she asked me, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> and so she did it, and I was like, got to cool. be honest. I did know there was something. So you know, you know, there's something. You're on the lookout. So that's probably the most enjoyment I got from the film, trying to work it out. <laughs> I'll, it's, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Watching, but don't expect big belly laughs. So it is from Paul Fig, the director of Bridesmaids, but it's not that kind of comedy. Like, hey, do you know what? Is Amelia Clark cute in this movie? Yes. I'll watch it. I'm there. Okay. And do you know what? <laughs> Playing her mum, Emma Thompson, is hilarious in, the, in this movie. It's oh, good. Anyway, yeah, check I, it I enjoy her 90% of the time, so that's good. Hey, this is movie news. What else? Have we, what else have we got? We've got we've got Ewan McGregor confirming that he will voice Jiminy Cricket in uh, Guillermo del Toro's upcoming Pinocchio movie. Cool. I can, yeah, I see that. So this, this obviously is isn't a the, Disney um, work. This is a no. this is a uh, yeah something else. So I guess it's going to be. It, it's easy to say, but with Del Toro, maybe an up, a darker take, maybe more in line with the original fairy tale. Mm. But oh, no, definitely. And you know what? Even even the Disney Pinocchio has some pretty dark shit in it. So I've not shown <laughs> it to my kids. Del Toro to take it to take it just yeah. back to its dark, dark, dark yeah. roots. You know what? I think you're right. Disney's already got him beat. 
they've made <laughs> no version of that movie. Pinocchio will have like eyeballs on his hands or something, and the donkeys will be like demons with like scales and I don't know. I'd, I'd Jiminy it. Cricket's a fish monster. That's I'm done Ooh. with that. <laughs> Um, Judd Apatow is developing a documentary about the late comedian George Carlin. Okay. Pretty cool. Um, Apatow has done a couple of documentaries lately. Carlin, admittedly, is someone that I don't know too much about. I've seen clips of his stand-up on YouTube. I've seen him in movies like Bill and Ted and Dogma. So I'd be interested to watch this because when you... When you hear other comedians talk about other stand-ups, like he's like he's always someone that they talk about in such high regard. So I'd be interested to know more about him. It already sounds like a really emotional sort of uh, sort of flick that they're going to put together there. So I'm like, ah, so, but so, which is always intriguing. I like to have my my heart tugged on, um, but yeah. Um, interesting to find out about this guy as well because like you you like yourself i don't know too much um about george carlin so i'd like to know more um attack the block director joe cornish has been discussing a sequel with john boyega um, he says that we've got ideas i met with john a couple of months ago to talk about it in a way the longer you leave it the more interesting it is confession though i've not watched attack Ah, oh, the block. You should watch. <laughs> it's great. I gave it a quick Google before we you know, sat right. down and recorded today. And I was like, oh, yeah, how does this slip by? So it's like yeah, I mean, aliens. It's, it's John Boyega before he was John Boyega. Like he was this up and coming guy. Um, just some kid. Just some punk Doctor kid. Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker, she's in it. You've got Nick, uh, Nick Frost. He's in it. It's a really good film. But it's like it sets out like an like a British urban drama, but then, yeah, it's aliens. It's cool. Definitely, yeah. definitely worth a watch. And it's set, the first movie set it up for a sequel in a way or left it open? Admittedly, it's it... been a while since I've seen it, but they've obviously figured out a way to do it. I mean, I should add that these conversations were had before COVID-19 became what it is today. So where what that will do to affect... The chance of the sequel, I don't know, but oh, yeah, it just means more see, prep time. Good to see more of that world. Um, Evil Dead 4 is officially titled Evil Dead Now and will be written and directed by Lee Cronin. Evil Dead Now, like the 2013 reboot Evil Dead, will focus on a female protagonist rather than Ash. So we had more of Ash in the TV show, Ash vs. Mm. the Evil Dead but they're going to continue the world with a fourth movie and a new character. So you reckon, um, you reckon Ash will feature in a way or? Potentially, but, you know, we did get him on TV. I know that uh, Bruce Campbell's attached as an executive producer, both him and Sam mm-hmm. Raimi, like they, you know, put this together themselves. Uh, but it's interesting that they're actually making, after all these years, you know, we've had a reboot, a TV series, they're making Evil Dead 4. And I guess the other question is, you know, re- referring to this as Evil Dead 4, so is this, is this saying the fourth movie after the, the reboot or the fourth movie after Army of Darkness? Well, the reboot is a thing that happened and it's gone. Yeah, so they're so counting Army of Darkness as the third three. movie, right? Yes. Okay. As they should. I just want to yeah. say. So you've got those first yeah. three movies. You've got Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn, Army of Darkness, and now you're going to get Evil Dead now. Oh, cool, cool. So we just forget about the reboot, right? Like it's not canon or it is? It doesn't affect yeah, anything no. though? No, no. I mean, it's, yeah, forget about it. I watched yeah. it once. Good movie. Though. Good movie. I was it? it? Yeah. A good In horror a film, but it wasn't Evil Dead. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't wacky and stuff. It was, yeah. No, I mean, that yet. first movie wasn't wacky. I mean, remember the tree? Horrendous. Yeah. But then two <laughs> onwards, it was wacky. We'll give them all another watch. Um, Jason Blom says he's working overtime to get Happy Death Day 3 off the ground, but it's still not official. Happy Death Day 3. It's not breaking news. I just want it to happen. So I thought, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> it would be good <laughs> if they make this third movie. And, you know, like, 
Blum, it pumps a lot of movies out of you. So why not yeah. Happy Death Day 3? The actress, she's keen. So yeah. maybe we'll see it one day. I mean, yeah. I remember watching oh, Happy movies. Death Day. And, you know, more often than not, whether you've seen the trailer or just the, the, the artwork for the DVD or Blu-ray, you've got an idea what something's going to be. Mm. Not with Happy Death Day. I watched that movie and it was not what I expected at all. And then the second one, just more heightened. I had a lot of fun with those movies. To, and it does sci-fi. Yeah, like, but for them to say, hey, we made a trilogy, good on you. So hopefully they get to do the third movie. Wait, why not? It'll be, they'll probably not spend much money on it. People will go pay and see it and they'll make a buck, make a few bucks. Yeah, or do it. Nothing's holding them back. I don't, there's no reason not to do it. And just because I want to see it, so do it. I want to see it too, and I'm sure we're not. I'm, just, I'm already workshopping titles that I'm going to send them, potential ah. titles. Happy Death Day to you. So this one will be happy. Yeah, I got nothing, but I'm <laughs> I was generally interested. <laughs> okay. Well, the, um... the girl's name is, is, is like Tree or something. So maybe Happy Death Day Tree. Oh, Tree is in three. Yeah. Mm. Like, spoken by a weird person. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's it I'll for work on it. movie news. <laughs> Let's go on <laughs> to TV news. Um, a bit of Batwoman news to start us off. Um, Vanessa Morgan from Riverdale is in talks to become the new, uh, the new Batwoman lead. So this is the character. I think we name-checked her last time. You know, this is the third consecutive movie show we've talked about Batwoman. Hmm. Are we getting anywhere? We've talked about this show. Um, I think <laughs> the name checked out last time. So the new character who will become Batwoman is Ryan Wilder. That's her name. Right, so that's She's, the character's name, That's right? the character, yeah, who Vanessa Morgan could be playing. So, you know, we're talking yeah. about her being a bit of a klutz. You drew comparisons to Cara Danvers' Supergirl. Um, yeah, so I okay, bitched, so, uh, I bitched about the fact that they're not just recasting Ruby Rose's character. Yeah, I, I don't know. Ben you Kane know, or whatever. One it's of dumb. the it's one of the um, executive producers, or maybe even the showrunners, come out and said that they will not be killing off the character. At one point, it sounded as though that's what they were going to do, which would have been a mistake because she's a paragon for the Crisis crossover, and. They'd spent like a whole season building up this character, so it would have been a mistake mm. to kill her. But instead, they're leaving it open for her. So there's going to be a new Batwoman, but potentially Kate Kane could come back at some point down the line. I doubt it, but they've left it open for her. We could be getting uh, Vanessa Morgan now. She is in Riverdale, and I'm not is she one sure. of the lead females, or is she? But this is the thing. She was um, talking out against the show lately um, saying that uh, being an African-American actor, uh, her character doesn't really have enough to do. And she was taking shots at the show for that. And then people working on the show came out and said, you know what, you're right. We should be giving you more to do. So I think if she did get an opportunity like this, she would just leave the show where she's actually not just another supporting character. She would be the main character. And this, I think the next season, I think it's around five, Riverdale is said to be doing a bit of a time jump. So maybe now would be a good time for her to jump ships anyway from one CW show to another. Yeah, but, I just um, had a quick look, Google of who she plays in Riverdale and it's like, obviously not Betty or Veronica. No, she's not, not. Josie. She's a <laughs> someone named Tori. So I'm like, I don't know. If you watch Riverdale, I guess, I guess you'll know. Um, I did an episode <laughs> of the first season. I did the pilot. I did, I did like four. <laughs> which okay, you did better than me. I do yeah, know people that enough. like it. But anyway, Vanessa Morgan, she seems to be the only name really talked about. So there's a strong chance that she will be playing Ryan Wilder when it comes back for its second season. Okay, so we've got some news on The Flash. Um, Hartley Sawyer, who played Ralph Dibney, a.k.a. Elongated Man, has been fired. They've had to let him go. Um, he put some things on Twitter years ago. 
um, about women, uh, racist tweets are on there, and because of that, he's he's I mean, had who to hasn't? Like, I know, but, <laughs> nah, this is, but this is a messy story. This is a it, messy. It is, was, you know, I think I saw like a screen grab of a tweet, and in fact, you know what? I don't want to get into that. I don't want to, say, you know, say yeah. look. I haven't, I haven't read. I haven't read the stuff or anything like that. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not bringing any opinion or whatever. Um, the gripe I guess I have with this, I mean, t- uh, Twitter or whatever, social media is, is filth um, in terms of like <laughs> your history and people pulling things up. I mean, you had, we had the whole James Gunn situation with, you know, with Disney firing him and then D- um, Warner Brothers picking him up for, I guess, basically similar stuff. So it's like, isn't that a little bit hypocritical? And then obviously Disney has worked it out and taken him back. Um, you know, recently we've also had, you know, Ezra Miller caught up in a, in a video scuffle where it, you know, appears that he's attacking some woman, nothing sort of come of that. It's just sort of an inconsistent kind of thing. It, it is. Like, but I think if you look at a network like the CW, uh, you know, the, the kind of shows that they make and their target audience, they're kind of, they're wanting to set a standard of, Hey, we're going to do the right thing by all, you know, I can see why they're taking a hard stance on this. But what I just want to say though, is that we've got Hartley Sawyer is an actor that has done things in the past that he's since regretted and where he is now in life, like he's no longer that person, he's become a better person. Yeah. I I mean, we don't, know for sure. He could be an arsehole. No, well, true. Well, let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt and assume... Yeah, he's an person. He's a better only, person. We can only go by what we read and what we're told, and, and I get it. That's it's it, not yeah. always the correct information. <laughs> the point I was trying to make, though, we've got him like starting being not the best, and then over time improving. That is literally that, that is yeah. the character arc of Ralph Dibney on the Flash. I think isn't isn't with the Flash series? <laughs> yeah. Isn't there? Isn't the main like? philosophy of, of its themes you know like redeeming characters it is and, it is yeah so that's the point i'm making it, is that what the flash is about and the the journey his his character takes on the show is now yeah. rewarded and accepted as being part of the team like hey we know you weren't the best guy before that's not who you are now but you know that is a tv show about a guy that runs really fast in real life <laughs> he's fired out the door. Uh, yeah uh, the nature just messy. the nature of his character's abilities and what he can do in the comics, he can't. It can stretch like Mister Mister Fantastic in Marvel, but he can also shapeshift. There's some elements of that, so they could keep his character <laughs> around and be cast him, or they could just recast him and not freaking address it. It's fine. It's all good. It's not but, a big yeah. deal. Why are they so against just recasting a uh, you know an actor? Okay. What, like, what? I'd rather, I'd rather it they not happen. They don't need a reason. I'd rather it not happen. Imagine. But if know, they're going to do it, just Imagine, do it. look at Star Trek, do, the next generation in its prime. Patrick Stewart leaves the show. They cast a bald man. Not having it. <laughs> Give me a different character. But anyway. I mean, like, it, it would can... suck and it would be annoying, for, you know, and especially when it's such a big presence like, you know, like Patrick Stewart. But... If whatever would be fine, we'll be fine. I didn't it's mean to bring. Before. I didn't mean It'll to bring Star anyway. Trek into DC. Yeah, that's before. it. No, but anyway, now, now you're hitting us. Anyway, <laughs> Ralph Dibney. You know, there was um, what was it? A couple of years ago in the comics, and we were introduced to a new character, and he was almost like a hulking character, and he was real gruff. And then later on, we found out it was actually Ralph in disguise. So he does have the ability to change his his form as well as just being. Stretchy. But anyway, I think we've um, spent a lot of time on The Flash. What's the <laughs> next story? Um, we've got Mandalorian news. So get excited, Star Wars fans. Um, Tamira Morrison, who played Django Fett 18 years ago in Attack of the Clones, will play Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. Now, we've obviously uh, addressed the fact that they are bringing Boba Fett into The Mandalorian, which, you know, isn't he dead? Whatever. I don't know. Guess not. Um, what do you think of what do you think of this uh, Django Django, sorry, Fett actor coming back playing I guess his son. Yeah, it's it confusing. Yes. I um, <laughs> yes. I 
I like the fact that Mandalorian is very much connected to Star Wars. Remember when we got the Marvel films and then Agents of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Hashtag it's all connected, but not really. With the Mandalorian, it does feel a part of the Star Wars universe. Now, I've been watching uh, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, the eight-part docuseries, and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But there's an episode in particular, it may be the final episode, and they go to lengths to show you how connected Mandalorian is to the wider Star Wars universe, and you may have not picked up on it at the time. So they do a lot of this. Like they want you... They want it to feel like it's Star Wars. You've not got Luke Skywalker. You've not got the John Williams Star Wars theme, but this is Star Wars. So even if they're going to reference a shit movie like Attack of the Clones, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. And they'd only be referencing it from, like, by this actor. By having and the again, actor. He's going to be, he's gonna be under the, the stuff anyway. Like, it literally, they could put anyone under there. This is more, this is like a glorified casting Easter egg. That's all this is. I like it. I um, so, I like it. And you know what? Yeah, it's, I, like, it's, why not? It's like a why not? Let's bring it's it back. It's good casting. And going back to the docuseries, I enjoyed it that much. I'm going to go back and rewatch season one of Mandalorian in preparation for season two. It's a lot of fun. Um, 30 Rock, is that a show that you watched? Do you know what? It was one of those, the odd episode here and there. Um, but I'm never did a concrete. Yeah, yeah. But always liked it. I've never put an episode on and disliked it. So it's I've always enjoyed what I've seen. Actually, yeah, yeah I'm saying. Yeah. So I think I would like it if I went back and did a deep dive. But who's got the time for that? Anyway, <laughs> we have news: Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, Tracy Morgan, Jane Kwiatkowski, and Jack McBriar will return for a new Thirty Rock one-hour special. One more. 30 Rock arrives July 16th on NBC. So the question straight away would be uh, like a scripted like story, like an actual episode or a reunion type show? It's a scripted one hour special, but I believe they're doing it remotely. So it'll be similar to the Parks and Rec episode that they did a few weeks ago. I don't know what that is, but okay, yes. Well, they did it so, remotely. So Parks and Recreation, like a, we talked about it like on a table very show a couple of shows ago. Right. So no, it's, it's an episode, only they'll do it all, whether it's Zoom or another form of video chat. Oh, okay. And then they'll piece it all together. So, because they can't get together. There's still, like, especially with you know, the US. Right. The and I imagine that would probably be implemented in the plot of the episode. Yeah, I guess. that's going to be, know. I mean, they're going to write it. like They're going to have a structured hour-long special, but it's going to be put together remotely. Like I'd imagine for whatever reason, characters are detained at a certain location and they can't get to where they need to be or something. It, and they're literally, they're having a meeting. That's the episode's plot. That's, yeah, that sounds really interesting I mean, just on the concept. It's going to be, I mean, just think, it's a, it's a TV network, isn't it? That's the thing, like, there's a show on yeah. the air and there's actors and producers and writers and that's 30 Rock. So I can see how they would be able to put it together remotely. But it's going to be one of those things where it, it's for the fans. Like, if you want to see these actors back as these characters, it's going to happen. I'm still waiting for something that I hell love to do that. It just never happens. You know, these revival series, these reboots, these reunions, but nothing. Nothing. The closest I'm getting is that Friends reunion, and I don't even know if that's happening. What about Reunited Apart? Josh Gad. Like, oh, he's like doing Goonies, Ghostbusters, he's doing Ferris Bueller, he's doing Splash, Lord of the Rings. Not a new episode. Hey, it's not a new I know, but he's, if you want to watch, no, that, watch that's a reunion all show. That's all good stuff. That's uh, that's one to watch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, lastly, here, um, what we do in the shadows creator, Jermaine Clement, who won't be working in the writers' room for this third season. He says, "I'm leaving them with this big problem to work out. They can figure out how to get out of this big mess." I'm assuming season two ended on some sort of cliffhanger. So from the sounds I, of that, I read this news before watching the season two finale. And forgot, completely forgot. And oh, then we're watching the episode and it ends, you're like, oh yeah, I completely see what it means. You know, he So they're backed actually, into a wall. Big things happen that I will not get into here because not enough people watch that show and I wouldn't want to put people off by spoiling the season two finale. But he's in it as an actor. 
And it wasn't the plan. It was very last minute. They weren't able to get somebody in time for this part. So he just drove down to set and did it. And recently he'd been writing dramas, appearing in dramas. So he did say that he was feeling a bit intimidated because he's up against all these great comedic actors. But I wouldn't have known that at all because he's fantastic in the episode. Honestly, what we do in the shadows, if you've not watched it, check it out. Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to recommend. I think I've recommended a few things already, but I've got an official recommend. I'll let you go first with yours. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I legitimately only just watched today. Um, it was a, a wife came across it and was like, oh, this apparently is really good. Let's watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called 7500. <laughs> Couldn't help yourself, could you? Why? What? what? Just, it just being the new film. I had a feeling this is what you were going to recommend just because Prime you... put it out. I just had a feeling. Is it, is it that new? Again, I, I, all I did was uh, show up was on that, the couch. It, it was either Thursday or Friday last week. It's just. Oh, up. right. Okay. I, I didn't know. I, I was like, how long has it been out? I literally have not put any research or anything into it. All I know is that director Patrick uh, Volrus and Joseph Gordon Lovett uh, in the starring role. Mate, this movie uh, is intense. It pretty much. Is entirely takes place entirely in the cockpit of a of a passenger airline. Um, there's a there's a terrorist attack or like a hijacking taking place. Again, taking place completely in the cockpit of this plane in what seems to be real time. So ninety like a ninety minute movie. We're there from when the plane takes off to when the movie ends let's <laughs> say that um holy shit um yeah i do wouldn't want to take this. a toilet break during this movie this is it's, uh this it is intense <laughs> i've already added it to my watch list it, it's it's yeah. one that i do want to see because i did i did read an in- interview with, with him and he said that because he, he's been out of films for a while like he'd not been acting and this is the film that brought him back after how many years away so you said it had to be a special kind of project, and I guess this was it. So yeah, okay, I will watch your recommend, even though it's already <laughs> on my watch list. You were going to do it anyway. But yeah, I, again, I didn't know anything about it. The wife was just like, oh, there's this movie on Amazon Prime, apparently it's hell good. I'm like, okay, what's it about? And she told me, and I was like, okay, and then we watched it. And that's all I knew. I didn't know it was a, a fresh yep. new thing. Oh, no. Brand new um, to, the, to Amazon. Um, well, okay, keeping it Amazon Prime. I'm going to recommend Hunters Season 1. This is a show that I've wanted to watch, executive produced by Jordan Peele, starring Al Pacino, super stylized violence. It had that fantastic glossy trailer, Dylan Baker in there, and it just looked a fun show. This is the Nazi one, eh? It is. Nazi hunters discover hundreds of high-ranking Nazi officials in 1977 New York City conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the US. The hunters set out to bring the Nazis to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans. Now, this show pulls no punches, and it's really full-on at times, but it's also funny at times. It's got a Tarantino-esque stylized violence to it, but my wife and I watched it together and we just couldn't stop. So it's a 10-part series. Each episode outside of the pilot goes for 60 minutes, a full hour. The first episode, the pilot goes for an hour and a half. So you're getting a lot of show here. But it is just absolutely fantastic. So we've got Al Pacino, Logan Lerman. Like The only time I'd seen him before this was in that Percy Jackson movie. But he's really good in this. And I'm watching it with a wife. And every now and then she's like, she's going, oh, he's really good, isn't he? Referring to Pacino. I'm like, yeah, it's Pacino. But he really is fantastic. Like he's going to go far. He's gonna- <laughs> but it's Pacino on TV. And at no point is he phoning it in. Like the show is so gripping. Like we had such a good time watching it. But with everything that's going on in the world right now in media and, you know, episodes of Faulty Towers getting pulled from the BBC and all this stuff, like we're getting <laughs> towards the end of Hunters. I said to my wife, we're going to have to hurry up and watch it before it's taken off the air. Oh, damn. Because yeah, there's a lot of I stuff in get here. on it myself. Not always the most PC, but it is a very entertaining show and a breakout star. I've seen him before as Ted, 
in How I Met Your Mother, but actor Josh Radnor, he plays Lonnie Flash, an actor and master of disguise, and he works with the Hunters. He's a, he's a standout. He is so wow. good. Carol Kane's in here from Scrooge and Kimmy Schmidt. It's a bloody good show. It is very good. So if you've yeah, got when, time, watch Hunters. Oh, definitely. When it was first advertised, it was on my radar, but then I, I just think... I think we just kind of passed on it, not for any particular reason, just didn't get around to it. But uh, I'm glad to hear that it's it's definitely worth watching. So Honestly, it, it, it is so good. Like, it really is. But I found, though, that... Because I just added it to my watch list on Prime and then I'd be watching Netflix and I often wasn't coming back to it often enough. But when I, first, when I started yeah. watching it, I just couldn't stop. So honestly, I cannot recommend Hunters enough. Okay, so as always, we like to close out on a little bit of trivia, and it's Mandalorian related. It's something I found out when watching that docu series. Mark Hamill had a secret cameo in the Mandalorian season one, episode five, as the voice of the EV nine D nine, a bartender droid in Mos Eisley's cantina. Right, so he's just the voice, is he? Just the voice. This the voice. is the same droid from Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. And this is what I was <laughs> saying earlier, how they bring it full circle, like it's all well, that's connected. It, yeah. It's great. It's, so yeah. it's, it's not on the nose. It's like, if you know, you know. It's, yeah, subtle when, connections. I like as that. part of the docuseries, when they play it back and you hear it, oh, yeah, of course, it's Mark Hamill. But when you're watching <laughs> it, it's not a distraction. And yeah, it's... It's cool, man. But yeah, so Mark Hamill, he came back to it, Star Wars on The Mandalorian. In my mind, I'm just thinking he sounds like the Joker then. <laughs> I'm just going to assume I mean, probably more that Joker droid than sounds like Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Nailed it. <laughs> it's cool, man. I, I, yeah, I, um, I heard that bit of news. I thought, yeah, that's my trivia. I like it. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all of episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Artemis Fowl. Uh, sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at The Shadow from 1994 and Rewind and Review just went back to one of the greatest years in cinema, 1994, to talk all things Ghostbusters. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of You Should Have Left. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. Mm-hmm.